0: welcome to the militant grind podcast today i have a special friend of mine my brother one of my number one supporters of the militant grind who always looked out for me um brother amin muhammad who is a member of the nation of islam as well as a social activist amin how are you today sir man
1: peace and blessings i'm good how you doing bro
0: man i'm amazing man good to have you bro um you know, it's a good thing that we're able to actually like have one of our conversations recorded and brought out there to the world, you know, because we have a lot of, you know, I met you from having a conversation on 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 um, Instagram live and it was just so deep and so impactful. Mm-hmm. We became friends, you know, it was like, oh yeah, this, this brother's sharp, you know? And so, um so yeah. Man, that's,
1: that, exactly the same way I feel.
0: Man, thank you. Thank you, bro. Shout out to Chris for making that happen. Um, Chris Stevens. By the way. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, my
1: bro.
0: let's go over um your history, how you grew up. Um, I know your mother is uh well, both of your parents were in the Nation of Islam way back in the day. I mean, your mother owns a um a shop in Lomart Park is selling mm-hmm. goods, right? Like African American goods and clothing and things like that. We also um had her on the Black Business of LA. Uh, series right we feature her there okay, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know she was your mother you know what i mean so it was kind of like you know not a not necessarily a coincidence of how that happened but it just happened so i know like you were born into this and so i would like to get your perspective because i feel like you know some people that are born in it have a different perspective than people that just hopped in you know so i'm gonna go yeah, you. your your family history how you actually uh you know, how you, how you were born into it, how you develop, how, you know, you being a part of the nation of Islam has developed you into the man that you are. And, yeah, you know, this let's just go from there.
1: Okay. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a member of the nation of Islam, almost 40 years. I'm about 39 years old now. Um, my father, my mother foundational to, to Los Angeles. My father helped build Moss 27, like ground up. Um, I think my approach to, faith and understanding is not necessarily from a religious standpoint. There are plenty of people who do approach it from a religious standpoint, but I approach the nation from a philosophical standpoint. And I I look at, I look at all things like I try to look at them from multiple perspectives and try to understand things in the best way that I can understand. And I I don't look at the nation of Islam as a religion so much. I think it was designed more of as a way of life. And I think it's supposed to be inclusive for all people. I think that you, some people love it so much that they hold it dear to their heart and they make it their religion, which is good. I think that that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I do the best that I can. And I'm, I'm building towards understanding more about life in general. And as I grow, I, I appreciate the Nation of Islam for everything that it does. And I think that it's probably one of the most helpful organizations for black people, you know, worldwide. Um, my foundation in the Nation of Islam, like I said, my father, he pretty much helped build the mosque. Like, he's been around since prior to 75, and when the minister called him to come back, he came back. And uh, they, they started from nothing, you know, in people's basements, in people's garages, just a couple of people mm-hmm. all the way to having, you know, hundreds of followers. And then, you know, people fall off, people come back, all of that. But that's, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. I think yeah. the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam today... Uh, represents it's it's you know how Nipsey Hussle said it's, it's a marathon it's like the race is not to the swiftest it's to those who can endure mm-hmm. I think today today the Nation of Islam represents a beacon so it's like yeah the beacon it's not necessarily uh, creating all the changes that need to, to be created but it's the guiding light so you know people can look to the Nation of Islam and have that place where if you're lost you need to come here and, and gain a little bit of uh, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding about who you are. And it, it helps you stay on that straight path. And the straight mm-hmm. path just means independence. The straight path to me just means like, like being, you know, the man and the woman that you're supposed to be versus being all the things that this society tries to make you into. Right. You know, and it, it get, it's easy to get caught up in that because the world is very, very, um, alluring. Um, so you kind of need that, that, reminder of that's all bs that's the matrix you need something to to like help you realize that the the reality of the situation is this and if we're not doing this this and this you know you go we're gonna all get caught up and be stuck in that matrix
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean to
1: to me i look look at the nation of islam is like um i I love the movie the matrix because it was such a good analogy for you know uh not wanting to be controlled by that system because you understand that that system is looking out for itself the nation of islam is is literally looking out for everyone but itself like the nation of islam is the the is the uh what do you call that place that they was all in that cave and they was having a good time
0: uh zion uh,
1: zion zion the, mm-hmm. to me the nation of islam is zion like we go to savior's Day, and we get a glimpse of what this this Zion that we desire to have would be. Like, it's like thousands of black people all just having a good time. Everybody selling their wares, everybody, you know, fellowshipping. And we just, we have all these different, uh, you know, um, meetings and things that are just relative to today and what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, to me, that that's, that is that is what Zion would look like. And when we do the, when, the rest of the year, it's like building up to that. And we're coming up to that Savior's Day in February. So like, everybody's excited about it. We are all talking about it. That's what we're about to get ready to get to do.
0: Oh yeah, man. Trust me. I've been to Sabers day several times and it is beautiful. I'm talking about some of the most beautiful people in the country, all gathering together. It's peaceful. You don't have to worry about much. You know, it's like everybody's happy. Everybody's in shape. Everybody's fit. You know, some of the most beautiful people you will see, man, like all in Mm -hmm. one place. You know, the energy yeah. is vibrant, man. Like, I, I mean, I stick out like a sore thumb, you know, but I still, <laughs> uh, of course, you know, they look at me, they're like, yeah, I already know. But then it's like, you know, it's still pretty in You know what I mean?
1: It, 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 It's changing. Like I agree that at one point it had a very, very specific look to everybody. But yeah. the, 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 the more we go into the future, the more diverse it's become. And like, Mm-hmm. It's, it was never supposed to be a place just for if you were a n- member of the nation of Islam, right? The savior's day was supposed to be a place for all of our people to be able to come and enjoy what heaven would look like. And right. so the, the more we get into the future, the more you're starting to see other organizations come to the savior's day and be a part of the savior's day environment. Like that's what it's for.
0: Yeah. And I will say that, you know, sometimes, um, when I would see somebody or I'll try to talk, you know, especially the older guys uh, in the nation, they be kind of hesitant because they kind of feel like it's an an angle or something like that, you know, and I'm just like, no, man, I'm just being cool, you know, like, how you doing? Like, I seen you around, but, you know, I remember one time um, I went to high school with this guy's sister and he always, uh, she always posts them up, and then I seen him in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and then he took a picture of me and sent it to her, like, do you know? I'm like, come on, man. You know, like, you know. (laughs) <laughs> it's not that deep you know what I'm saying like I just see you hello how you doing you know what I'm saying but I feel like the new generation of members are just bringing in like this new energy as far as like you know being more inclusive and being you know just about the people you know what I'm saying like say brother well, next. I think I think that was that uh-huh. was always
1: the natural ev- ev- the nat- that was always the natural elevation or evolution of the nation of Islam it wasn't it was it, it was One group of people that came and put it together, the next group of people that come and make it do this, that, and the other, and then as we grow into the future, as people we evolve, the Nation of Islam was naturally going to do that. That's what it was supposed to be.
0: Yeah, and I see, bro, I see that happening like dramatically. You know, it's like it's more Mm -hmm. accepting, you know, towards everybody more than like it's us. And then if y'all come in, you know what I mean. Like you gotta, you know what I mean. It's just they had they
1: they were they were planting the seed at that time. So they had to be a little bit more protective of that seed. The seed, it germinates underground to be protected from the elements. So, you know, they had to guard themselves from all of the different types of outside influence. But you got so many people that are born in a nation at this point. You got so many people that have this this information rooted within them. Mm -hmm. that It it ain't no more falling of the nation of Islam. So there's no more fear of that.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny because. A lot of people that are in, you know, like the social, especially African-Americans in the social activism space, their base was the Nation of Islam. And that's what I'm more so discovering, or they will be what we would consider nation babies. You know, like say for Mm -hmm. me, I tell people all all the time, like my dad and my uncle was in the nation and, you know, their friends were in the nation. And so they were always around. I grew up eating bean pies, saying assalamualaikum, and I had. No clue what was going on. That was just a part of my life. You know, I have pictures of me with bow ties yeah. and baby, you know what I'm saying, or like school pictures, but it was just like embedded. It's in definitely
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, it was it was embedded. So it was like this was my core foundation that made me who I am, and I always respect it no matter what, even though I'm not an FOI or I, you know, I never you know got past that point, you know what I'm saying? So I have a story like mm-hmm. one time I was in um I was at the doctor and I seen a brother with the FOI uniform on and he was rather young right and so I was like hey brother where you know where would you get your sweatsuit from and he was like, oh this is a part of our nation you know I'm like, hey man I, I understand that but I'm saying like who sold it to you and he was basically like talking to me <laughs> like I wouldn't know what he's talking about right so I was like, okay cool you know I, I just let him know then I was like, you know what this is what I'm gonna do I'm going to go to the mosque and he's going to see how it is when I walk in there and he's there. Cause you know, he, he mm-hmm. doesn't know. So when I go in there, you know, I'm like, Sharp, what's up, bro? Like, you know, all the, you know, cause it's like a family, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Sh- yeah, yeah. you know, brother Landon, Sheree, brother Ali, like all of them remember who I am. And he was like, Oh, okay. Like I, I get it. But then I'm starting to mm-hmm. see that. Like a lot of people, you know they they're just starting to see that, like like you said, you know a lot of people have the beliefs they have the core values. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like implanted, but then they tend to like go their separate ways because that's how like you know that's kind of like how it's designed. You know what I'm saying? Like you had your I, I don't th- go ahead. I don't
1: think it's designed for them to I don't think it's designed for them to go their separate ways. I think it's designed as foundational knowledge, and I think it's a it's in, it's designed to grow our people. Um, But I think that part of it being in this world that we currently live in, the world has a pull and the nation has a pull and you can only serve one master. So it's like people try to be in the nation of Islam, but they still stuck in the world mentally and they getting pulled by the world and, and the world is alluring. Like they got all the conveniences of life. Once you once you get to a point where you're fully dissatisfied with those conveniences, though, there's nowhere else to go to me but the Nation of Islam. There's nobody else talking like the Nation of Islam. There's nobody else with the agendas of the Nation of Islam. The only thing the Nation of Islam is waiting for are the people like you who are actually out here doing work, people who actually like, you know, got that that sense of I understand this world and I understand the Nation of Islam and I know what both need and I can meet those needs and make those yeah. happen. That's what the Nation of Islam is waiting on. And like everybody in the Nation of Islam is doing their best to hold it up. Wait for you to wait for that, you know, those people to come in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I see they—they they definitely waiting on me, man. But I'm like, do I have to cut my beard? Do I have to? <laughs> like, so, so the thing—the thing,
1: that's the thing with the beard, I'm—I'm gonna I'm 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 say yes, and I'm gonna say no, right? Because there's no compulsion in the Nation of Islam, but there are people in the Nation of Islam that are compulsory, and they will tell you yes, you got to cut it because that's our rules. The rules is if you want to be a member of the Nation of Islam, you got to look a certain way. But yeah. the, the way I look at life is like, like rules exist. We can all have peace, but I got to do what works for me. So sometimes I shave my beard off. I go in there clean cut. Sometimes I don't, and I get shit for it, but I don't, I don't take the shit personal because I understand that the people in there is they operating on different parameters than me. Like, yeah, I just, you, it is what it is. Like, if you come in in there and you, you know, you, you understand that the nation of Islam is here for our people and you come in to be a part of it to help the nation of Islam, help the nation of Islam. Don't worry about the rules. Do what you can at the level that you at. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 I
1: get, you know, I give, I give my charity. I, you know, I I give my attendance. I'm a registered member of the nation. of Islam. card carrying registered member. I got my card. Like, but you know, sometimes I got my beard. I had dreadlocks for like two years. Like it's my nation. It ain't built. It ain't built for no individual person. It's built Mm -hmm. for the black man and woman in America. So at whatever level I am, they have to accept me road to the
0: level that they at and if i'm not there i'm just not there yeah and that's that's the thing man i feel like the the membership will skyrocket if you know we it it, it was it it would be more accepting for people as they are especially in today's age where like black men have long hair black men have locks you know it's like all different like a lot of people are going natural so i'm not not sure if that would ever happen
1: you're 100% able to come as you are, but you cannot stay that way because the, 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 the entire purpose of civilizing the black man, it has like underlying tones of there are certain disciplines that you need to understand. There are certain aspects of this way so that you know, the world knows, the devil knows what you represent. And it's like, you can't get around that. If you don't represent this and you don't look a certain way, then you don't look a certain way. But that's not to say that it's not in your heart. That's not to say that it's not becoming a part of who you are. Right. It's like I like for me the reason the reason why I cut my dreads because I came to the realization that you know I've been married twelve years. Who am I here trying to be cute for? Yeah, I like my my dreads. I like I still to this day I wish I still had them. Like I like the way they look. I thought I was cute, you know. But, But the mission is bigger than me what I what I plan to do is bigger than what I feel and how I want to look, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so let's go over what you plan to do because you know, I look at you as like, you know, you're, you're more than that to, you know, as far as like how I look at you, it's like, you know, there are members, but then each member are, you know, is their own individual person, but I feel like you took individuality more than anybody I've ever met that is a member of the Nation of Islam, you know, and I feel like maybe it's different for you, because the same with me, like, when you're born in it, you know, it's like, say, I could go through processing, and I would breeze through it, and, you know, like, just because that's just how I was raised. They can't tell me to not mm-hmm. eat pork. Like, I never ate pork in my household, you know what I'm saying? It's like, <laughs> certain things that, like, I already know, because that's how, my, you know, my father was in it, and that's how we were raised, you know what I'm saying? But then it's like, there there becomes a time where it's like okay you know you have to continuously be a seeker of knowledge you know I would say that Mm -hmm. like once you're seeking knowledge you're like okay look man I got that I read message to the black man I you know I came here a bunch of times all right cool so I got it now now what's next you know what I'm saying and so I I,
1: I would argue that because so message to the black man our Savior has arrived Fall of America, Theology of Time. These books are, they're, they're put simply. They're not simple books, right? So yeah. well, you can read them at, at one stage of your life, you stand it this way, and then you can read them at a different stage of your life and have a completely yeah. different understanding. Mm-hmm. And as we go further into the world and further into the understanding of what Elijah Muhammad was trying to prepare us for, um, a lot of those books become more crystallized. Like, a lot of the right. things that he was saying back then are like, oh, that happened. The way that it was going to happen that he said it was going to happen. And it makes sense for this trajectory that we're on. Like, yeah. so I don't believe that there's a point where you can be like, message to a black man. Okay, I got that. I think that, you know, Quran, Bible, these, all, these are all books that literally grow with you. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's probably it, the more you can read them, the better you can understand them. Yeah. But, but trying to get to the point where you say that you got it, I think that's a uh, that's that's not phrased correctly.
0: Yeah, I, I would it's say possible I, to do that. I would say that it depends on the individual, um, because you can master certain things, you know, and once you master it, you kind of look for something else to master, just depending on your personality type. You know what I'm saying? I, so, I got you. Yeah. But I, I would but argue I do, that I do understand. In God I, and the universe is a different concept. Yeah, I do understand what you are saying, though, because I could watch a movie, right? And so I watched the movie The Creator, right? Mm-hmm. And so when I watched it, I got like a super deep message. But then other mm-hmm. people watch it and be like, oh, it was okay. But it, it, exactly. it So depends on the state of mind that you're in at that moment. You know what I mean? Like when I read Malcolm X at 16, it had an impact on me where I was like, Hey, I'm ready to join. I was at Moss Ma- 27. Mm-hmm. I was ready. You know, like, let's go. But other people read it and yeah. they were like, Oh, well, you know, Oh, ooh, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So the impact yeah. depending on the, the state of mind somebody's in, you know, and all that, I, I do understand that part. I, I definitely do. So but the main point. But so
1: so all I'm all I'm suggesting, all I'm suggesting is that you're not stagnant. Growing.
0: So I can't hear the level
1: you. Of understanding that you have.
0: Yeah, you went out. You say you're not stagnant.
1: I said, yeah, you're not a stagnant individual. You're growing constantly. Mm-hmm. The level that you don't, you don't even understand all the things that you don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like, so you're reading it, you're getting. C, but there's all the way d through z that still exists so some people aren't even getting- go. so like I, i'll just start it over some people um their their level of understanding is foundational some people level of understanding is you know accelerated what i'm saying is you might have a b and c from the first time you read it but that don't mean you got def let alone all the way to z mm-hmm. like Every time you read those books, you'll catch something else that you didn't catch. And so, for me, I'm just now rereading them again, and I'm I'm in a whole new mind space right now because of it. Like so, and that's because the last time I read it, I was in my my teens. I didn't re- I I had an understanding of the Nation of Islam, foundational understanding, yeah. but I didn't have the level of understanding that I have now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could definitely see that. Like, I would love to read uh Malcolm X again as a grown man versus like, I haven't touched it since I was sixteen years old. You know what I'm saying? You read, <laughs> have you read
1: theology of time. Oh
0: yeah, I got that. I got "Message to the Black Man," um, "How to Eat to Live." You know, I don't have the full book though, but yeah, I, I have all of it. But like you said, it's like you you know you have to read it with a new perspective. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do, I do get that because I also you know, and I also read certain books over and over again you know if it had a profound impact on me i'm like well let's just read it again to see what else i could pick up you know but and, then, and time, then when
1: you get to a certain when you get to a certain level you you pick up the holy quran and the bible and every time those books are mentioned you actually read what he's saying about that and read what they say about what he's yeah. saying and you can correlate the two and it's even deeper
0: meaning like yeah yeah. Well, well, when I read the Quran and the Bible, it's hard for me to stop. So, <laughs> so, so I'm kind of careful. I'm like, who we like, I just keep going and going and going. You know, but that,
1: that's, be- that's because they have such a good flow, but yeah. like it's different when you're, when you're reading them with the intention to study, when you're reading them with the intention to get into that flow. Yeah. You just read it. And you don't stop. There ain't no reason to stop. But when you're right. reading it, because somebody said, read this particular chapter. Right. It's like, Okay. So then you got Then that, that hits different,
0: it's a yeah. different level to it. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. Cause you're actually dissecting it, thinking about it, referencing other situations and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Yeah. I could agree with that. And so how, how do you basically take the foundational knowledge that you've learned and propel it into like a better future for yourself and the people?
1: So for me, I, I look at the, 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 the key phrases, right? So Elijah Muhammad talked about doing for self. Elijah Muhammad talked about, you know, separation. Elijah Muhammad talked about food, clothing, and shelter. And so for me, it's like, where do I fit in in those categories? If those are the most important, the most paramount things to our people and our nation and growing, well, how do I fit in there? And me as a right. chef, I understand food to a certain degree. So I figure, you know, let me try to understand food more. And so I'm I'm working on trying to be a farmer. I'm working on trying to grow some food mm-hmm. and and distribute food and 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 reach food from many different aspects. Like eventually a restaurant, you know, eventually like you know craft services or like meal prep services, stuff like that. But like nationwide, we have an entire nation of people that need access to these resources. Yeah. So it it would behoove us to try to like take advantage of that.
0: Right, right.
1: You know, my uh, my my brother bought two hundred acres of land down in San Diego, and it's like to me, as soon as you say it, I'm thinking farmland, but there's so many different, you know, directions you can go once you got land, you know, you don't have to just farm, but that's a really good one. That's a really good start, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a definite necessity, and it'll be perfect for you and, you know, what you're currently doing now, you know? I, I mean, you can use mm-hmm. an a acre and farm, you know? <laughs> that's a lot. 200 is, is quite a bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so... Okay. So basically your, you know, your mission that I see that based on what you told me is to provide food for people and, you know, clothing, shelter and things like that. And so are you going to use the land to basically uh, to harness all of those things or like, what is the purpose of having 200 acres? Are you going to use that to say, Hey guys, we have our own, oasis here and where you could where we're growing food where we have shelter where we have schools and where we have this and we have that because if i had 200 acres with the access of people that you have including your brother who's a a real estate developer right so you know he's developing all over the country i I definitely see that i would say okay let's create our own you know our own town almost you know what i'm saying in that within those 200 acres
1: So yeah, definitely. Right. So my, my long-term goal is I have this idea of, of not just believing in how to eat to live, but proving how to eat to live. Mm -hmm. I believe that, you know, with the, with the right understanding of how to eat to live, we don't have to die out at 60, 70, 80 years old with the right understanding of how to eat to live. We can live a lot longer than that. And we haven't, we don't have any groups or societies where we've tried to prove that. And to me, when I when I read the Quran and I read the Bible and 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 all of these things, the idea is getting to heaven. I believe heaven is a place where you don't die unless you're ready to die. You have life everlasting as long as you want to be here. And mm-hmm. that's like when you talk about the prophets and how they wanted to die. The prophets chose the time of death for themselves, not everybody but Jesus, right? They chose when they were ready to get up out of here. Um, and and the way they chose that was by, based on their dietary restrictions, like. As soon as they started deviating from what they knew was right as far as diet, that's when they decided they was ready to get up out of here. And that's when they left. And I feel like if we can stop living to eat and eat to live, we'll prove, you know, all the things that we say that we believe and we'll be able to like live longer lives. I watched a documentary on Netflix and it was talking about blue zones. And blue zones are these places where, um, they still have strong community environments where grandparents and children are all you know, working in symbiosis together and helping each other out. The grandparents get something out of it because they feel needed and useful. So they're living a lot longer. And then the, mm-hmm. the children are getting something out of it because um, these young children are having access to the wealth of knowledge that these grandparents have. Right. I feel like that's the perfect type of environment that we need to be creating. That environment proves how to eat to live. And when we add You know, the one meal a day, the one meal every 72 hours. If we add that to the blue zone idea, I think we'll start seeing people living well past 100 years old.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, Speaking of that, I was just at the Taste of L.A. um, this past weekend and it was just, you know, crazy looking at so many black people and we were just I mean, just looking so unhealthy. You know what I mean? It it would it just like it kind of hurt me to my core. I was like, golly, you know. And we could just yeah. sometimes you could you know sometimes people aren't just unattractive. It's more so they're just not healthy. You know what I'm saying? And no, that's true. their eating habits it reflects on their external. You know, like you can you kind of tell like oh, no nah, I know you're not eating right. You know what I mean? And so it kind of yeah. like it, it just kind of got to me, man. Because you know even the food they were selling. Um, you know, it was just bad, just bad for our diets, you know what I'm saying? Versus like if yeah. you go to a more I'm I'm not gonna say more fluent, but if you go to like a different area, you know, they're selling food that'll help you live. You know, but you, we, you
1: can't put you can't put water in the gas tank of your car and expect your car to continue to run like it did when it had gas. Like you might figure out a way to run off water, but the car as it is does not run off water. It right. has specific things that it needs in order to function. Just right. like the human body. Right. We, we can't feed the human body whatever we want to feed it and expect it to function normally. It's right. It's basically breaking down. And, and we start this breaking down process when we start feeding our, our children processed foods at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So instead of, like I said, eating to live, we're eating to we're eating and killing ourselves with our spoon. Like literally, little by little, literally.
0: Yeah, man. Cause like you could, you know, I would I would uh look at the people when I would go to food for less on uh, Western and slawson versus going to Whole Foods and uh, where is that? Is that Marina Del Rey? Yeah, Marina Del Rey and mm-hmm. you can just tell like the people just look totally different but that's based off of how they oh, were eating true. and how they were treating themselves, you know? And one of my exactly. you know, and, and I hate to say this, man, but I feel like I do so, you know, when I got there to the Taste of LA, I ate at Shabazz. uh you know, Shabazz Good Foods, right? so I used to actually work for the Shabazz in Carson and you know I, I got the food and I was just like I'm basically eating a style of food that is not that I'm not supposed to eat based off of the book How to Eat to Live you know which is no fried food
1: well so you know what the tribe of Shab- you know what the tribe of Shabazz represents right what rebellious it's rebelliousness <laughs> That's what the tribe of Shabazz represents. <laughs> it's like when, we, when we, it's like at one point we had the structure, we had the order, but then we went, we we became a part of the tribe of Shabazz and we went into the, the desert and we lived that, that harsh lifestyle and we started growing our hair out. We started growing, you know, big old beard stuff that we didn't have before that. And we rebelled. So we started living almost a beast life. We became tougher. Our skin got thicker. Our hair got thicker, like we became more, you know, strong. But that—that that purpose, that God understood, understood the coming, saw us being slaves in the in the wilderness of North America for four hundred years, and knew that we would need that toughness. So, yeah, that was a part of our history. But we we run into problems when we try to stop our history at a certain point because we like that point. Like, so, mm. you know, when you talk about the culture of Egyptians, yeah, that's our culture. When you talk about the culture of the, you know, Shabazz, yeah, that's our culture. All the great things that happened through history, yeah, for sure, that's our culture. But we are the original people to this planet. So if we don't trace our, our culture all the way back to the beginning, then we, we you know, we run into problems.
0: Hmm. And so why did we uh, adopt Shabazz as a last name, knowing that it was a rebellious tribe? Or adopt that name. Like period. I
1: said, because some of us, we, we 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 took the parts of that story that we like. So that made us strong. I like that strength. That, I, that represents who I feel like I am. And we stopped at that part of time and, and we don't trace back further than that. Some people right, don't yeah. trace our roots back past slavery. Some people say that we were slaves and that's who we were. Yeah. If you identify as that, then yeah, that's what you're going to, you know, show. But if you if you trace your history back to the beginning of time, and you are God, right? That's what we're supposed to be,
0: right? Well, that's interesting, man. I I, I didn't think of it like that because I kind of like I, after I ate it, I kind of thought about it. I was like, hold on, is it? Didn't they say don't eat fried food? Like you know what I mean? Like it kind of it's like it, it's basically, huh? It, it's so many
1: levels to it, right? Yeah. So Like fried fish is certainly better for you than pork, right? Right. The more you, the more you come into understanding of what it is we're supposed to be eating. You understand that you know even fried fish isn't necessarily good for you. Fried fish is better for you than a lot of other things, but frying it makes it worse. So yeah, it's just it's about your level of understanding, and that's why that book How to Eat to Live is so important. Like, I don't like going into details and talking about it because it's not glamorous. It's -hmm. not you know it's it it's opposite of this world, and this world tells you do whatever the hell you want to,
0: right? Yeah, I mean you definitely have to have a strong, you know, conviction of discipline to even eat right, especially eat on, you know, the, on the level of how to eat to live, which is, you know, prefer prefer to eat one time a day. And, you know, I remember I, uh I'm a, go. Ahead.
1: I don't even think it's possible as long as we live in these city city environments. I don't think it's possible until we separate our minds from the way that this thing
0: works. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. But then you have to become your own individual, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. like I um I wrote in my book um from grit to greatness, I just wrote a book, right? And I was just talking about Ramadan. Congratulations. And the, thank you, bro. Thank you. And so I was talking about Ramadan, you know, as far as like, you know, being an American, you know, practicing it versus being in a in a predominantly Muslim country. It's like night and day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we are suffering. They're just laying down, <laughs> resting and sleep, you know, like chilling. You know what I'm saying? They got and the night. whole month off. Yeah, Play exactly. Off. They it's get a, a whole month holiday. off. We, we have to go to work. We have to walk around. We have to see people eating our face. You know what I'm saying? While they're just relaxing and, you know, waiting for but nighttime so they could pray and eat and then they're up all night eating and having a good time. And I'm, I was like, what? You know, it's like it's it's totally different, man. It's like night and day, you know.
1: But that, but that's part of like why we had to go through what we went through with Shabazz. It that part of it making us tougher. It didn't just make us physically tougher. It made us mentally tougher. It made us, you know, we we're out there able to fight with the the beasts of, in the wild. Like so, we we have, we have the ability to withstand anything. We have the mm-hmm. ability, and specifically, Black Americans have the ability to survive any situation and come out smiling. We a different breed and it's because of what we went through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would say that because, um, you know, one thing that I have noticed and that I've like started to respect about people being raised in different regions is that just because we have the same skin color does not mean we're of the same ilk or of the same type of people, you know? And, I, I got that from talking to Glasses Malone, the rapper, you know, I would be going off on Facebook and he was like, look, bro, I'm from Watts. You grew up in Carson. Watts dudes is different than the dudes in Carson. We probably don't even like the same fools or such and such. And it's like, you know, then when I went to college, you know, to HBCU, you really get to see the difference. You're like, damn, black people from DC are different than black people from you know, uh, Virginia and black people from Baltimore and black people from New York and black people from Texas. It's like, we all have different identities. You know what I'm saying? And like, we're all yeah. different depending on the region. Different we levels were, of understanding. Yeah. Different levels of Even like man, even down to the streets we were raised on. You know what I'm saying? It's like people grew mm-hmm. up growing up on my block are different than the person on the next block, you know, back there. So it's like I, I ended up having like a more broader awareness of like humanity. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, it's like I agree. You know, where you come from, the, the high school you went to, you went to Vermont Day, I went to Crenshaw, you know, and that was when mm-hmm. we both went to those schools at our developing years. So you will have a different level of understanding of life than somebody who went to this school or that school. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I ended up going to Clark Atlanta, Clark Atlanta University and it kind of like it pushed that point home for me. Like it made me realize like how different black people are because I grew up in L.A. my whole life. Like I didn't yeah. have that understanding of like people from the South. They have more of an understanding of who the devil is or who the enemy is to our people. But they're also more accepting to that type of behavior. Right. They're tolerant. You know what I mean? Like in California, we don't really even know who our enemy is. Most for the vast majority of us, we go around thinking that, you know, it's it's not a big deal, but you, you, you talk to somebody in the South. It's like, uh -uh, it's a big deal. They come out here and they get a whole culture shock. So yeah, you're right. It's different levels for for sure.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that's important for us to, uh, to realize because I feel like a lot of, um, you know, especially with the online culture, a lot of black people, tend to want to like, you know, be sheep and think like the herd. And if you don't think like this and something is wrong with you, or you should think like that, or you should be marching for George Floyd in LA, even though this happened in Minnesota, you know, wherever he was at, Um, you know, and it's just, it's just kind of like, you know, funny to me because I was like, wow, like we're really, I don't know. It's like, I, I, I really can't understand it because when I was coming up in LA, you know, if there was a rally, we would go to wherever it happened or like where it was at, you know, before social media, it was like, oh, this happened over there. All right. We about to go over there. We're marching, you know, the the activists are going to come out. We're all going to gather together. But now I feel like it's more so a show, you know, like I'm marching Hmm. for George Floyd in LA. This isn't going to affect, you know, and it was crazy, bro. I was like, what? All of those people out there and I mean, I, you know, it's kind of good to see, but then I'm like, how effective are we really going to be? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, don't,
1: I, don't, I don't think that's a a good use of time. What, marching <laughs> and trying to ask somebody else for something, like, nah, you can do that yourself.
0: Yeah, but it's more so we we were just trying to be seen rather than really just affect change. You know, like, oh, I'm here, you know, I'm marching, but then, man, I'm like... Pfft, Man, I was 19 years old seeing a crowd hopping out the car. Hey, what's going on? No cameras, no social media. You know what I'm saying? Angry black hood people with whatever on them. You know what I mean? I was like, now that is really how you, you know, those are riders. Because it wasn't for show. Mm-hmm. It was more so like, no, nah, we about to, what happened? Oh, a young black kid got shot by the police. Oh, no, nah, man. The, the 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 newscasters are out. People going absolutely crazy. You know what I'm saying? And all this tension. And also, it's like, man, that's when it was real for me. But nowadays, it's like I, people just want to be seen I, doing something.
1: I, I've always looked at it like immature Means to an end, right? It was it was using a powerful tool, our unity.
0: Yeah, for
1: the wrong reason, right? And so, so the the natural progression of that into the the social media age, where people are enjoying that and getting that that high off of it. Yeah, to me, that was always the direction it was going to go. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it it had to play itself out, and that's the, I think that's a that's what a lot of things to me that's part of the reason why I respect the philosophy of the nation of Islam is because of how long it stood the test of time. Like right. it don't, it don't change according to everything else that's going around. It might grow a little bit. It might, you know, but the foundation of the nation of Islam has stood the test of time because it proves itself. You could you could tell a tree by the fruit it bears. Oh, and the nation man. of Islam is, is bearing fruit, you know, that, that showing people how to live a better life. Right. That's the fruit that it's bearing.
0: I mean, bro. There's you know no. I mean? There's nothing anybody can ever tell me. You know what I mean? Like, there's no nothing. Like, people have yeah. no idea some of the people that the Nation of Islam affected and produced just because they don't want sure. to talk about it. You know, like I have private bro. conversations and people like, yeah, man, I was a Nation baby. i will be like, what you? I would have never guessed, but then that is the that was their foundation that sparked. You know what I'm saying? But then, like nowadays. Yeah. I ended up noticing think that, about the that. think of, go ahead. No, I said I ended up noticing that a lot of us that you know were grown grow up in that foundation. It's easy for us to get along and we could kind of like smell it. You know what I mean? Like I remember just being around the sister and her presence. And then something just wondered. I was like, Were you a part of the nation? And my, she was like, <laughs> Yeah, I was. You know, or no, yeah, I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. even like my yeah. uncle, when he became a Mason, the way he stepped and like marched, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I don't know what he was doing, but the way he stepped and turned, a sister was like, Were you ever in the nation? You know, because it's like, it just, we, it, it just breeds certain characteristics in people that is like long lasting. You know what I'm saying?
1: It's, und- it's undeniable for sure.
0: Yeah, it's very, bro, Chuck D from public enemy you know Muhammad Ali you know it's like the list the list goes I was on, just
1: about bro. to say, I was just about to say the reason why they had to attack hip-hop the way that they did and turn it into what it is today is because they saw its ability to reach the people and it from its foundation it had Muslims involved in it like oh, yeah. if you think about all the all the conscious rappers they had their foot somehow in or out the door of the nation of Islam Yes. And that sparked the entire that that's the reason why that genre of music went from being something that was locally based in New York or something like that to being worldwide because it it touched a chord. It helped people understand mm-hmm. a little bit about who they are. Right? And, you know that that was undeniable. When you start yeah. talking truth, you you people submit to truth. Like people people recognize God in the truth. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And if they don't, then that's a person you probably shouldn't be around.
1: well yeah because then they they serving the other guy they serving the devil
0: yeah exactly you know that is that is true though because you know a lot of people you know they don't have to join or they don't have to be a you know but it's like if you know truth you should just accept it for as it is and have no rebuttals for it you know like truth should not have any rebuttals but then truth Mm -hmm. is also dependent on the person that's listening you know, so. And their capability to understand it. Exactly. And their capability to understand it because some people, you know, you say something and you're like, nah, I know for a fact and one person will agree, one person will say ah, but then it's like the person that's disagreeing, you can kind of like tell, you know, what type of person they are based off of their responses because some people want to be in pain. Some people want to disagree. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to be accountable. You know what I mean? So I feel like some that's... people
1: aren't capable; they're not capable of it. That's what trauma does. Part yeah. of the reason why they put us in all these trauma, traumatic situations, and keep us perpetually in the hood, where you know, violence and helicopters and all that, because they they intend to keep the wound open so that you're not focused on anything but the pain. You can't. Right. It's, it's hard to tell somebody to study that's bleeding out. You know what I mean? It's hard to tell somebody to be civilized when they're screaming and they, you know, they got a leg missing that they, you know, got blown off. It's it, that's not a easy thing to do so you keep somebody traumatized you keep them perpetually working in these nine to five jobs where they don't have time to think straight yeah a a system of slaves people think that because they took off the shackles we're not slaves no more but slavery had never it really never had anything to do with our physical bondage slavery had a lot more to do with our mentality you can't you cannot enslave a free person you can only keep a person as a slave enslaved as long as they think like a slave that's why they yeah. had to take away our name culture religion and understanding like as, as soon as we started understanding who we are you can't put us in slavery elijah muhammad they put him in prison he went in there and recruited a whole army of men mm-hmm. do that to a slave yeah Harriet tutman wasn't a slave no matter how many times they try to like lock her down again she's a free woman already she's not thinking that way no more she understands right. the path to freedom
0: right you know, and it is. Yeah. And it is a struggle when the free person tries to, you know, free person can't end up being a slave again either. It's like, it's like because no, like not you not said, enough. it's like, say if you're a free person, but you need money. So you're going to try to get a job and operate, not to say that people that have jobs are slaves, but, you know, you're trying to operate from that type of mentality where you're trying to be subservient to another person or another man and take certain treatments you know what i'm saying some jobs are okay where they're going to treat you fair well or whatever but then a lot of people abuse a power through ego through being a supervisor or a manager or something like that uh, of a job right so it's like if you're a free person and you try to submit to that there's always going to be some type of tension and i've noticed that mm-hmm. with me it's like man i can't i cannot deal with anybody talking to me any kind of way you know like i grew up I- with this you know, this powerful set of mind where it's like, you know, alpha male, man's man, and, you know, this, the black man, this and that, you know, like, we have to be these type of people, so it, it was always hard for me to, like, accept anything other than that, you know what I'm saying? I,
1: the, uh, one realization that helped me with that was, was coming to understand that all of what they're going through really has nothing to do with me. Hmm. And it only affects me to the degree that i take it personally right if if i recognize that micromanaging is a result of some inadequacies that they have i don't have to respond to it in the way that they expect or, right. or in any way if i don't want to i only respond to it when i internalize it and get upset about it mm-hmm. and take it personally like i don't have to do that that's not a reality for me I think right. the book, uh, I read this book called the Four, the Four Agreements, and it helped me understand a lot about myself and a lot about understanding how people function and how people operate. People, they have this tendency to, to like, go along with the ways that they were indoctrinated growing up. And mm-hmm. so all they're doing is repeating these same scenarios that happened to them, and it, 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 it makes up who they are have a way to break from that mold then they don't have a way to like actually be free and live and so if I allow their bonds or their bondage to like me, then I'm still stuck in that slave mind but if I'm living this life and I'm not affected by everybody I'm not um, triggered by everybody
0: you say what you can really
1: affect me that way
0: if I'm not triggered that? by everybody uh-huh i'm
1: free if i'm not if i'm not triggered by everybody every external influence then i'm free i don't i'm not worried about what they got going on i, I think when you have that mentality you can you can have a job a job is fine if you understand that uh, the, the job's purpose is to is, is a means to an end it's, it's to get you from here to here the mm-hmm. job is not a job was never designed for people to be there to retire like that wasn't supposed to be the purpose that's slavery the job isn't is an apprenticeship. It's a way to learn a, a craft or practice something until you step out onto your own and do your own thing.
0: Yeah, and I, I mean, just to be real, bro, I never wanted to have one anyway. i always been a hustler, so it was easy for me to use that as an escape route. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, you know, <laughs> I've been self-employed forever, but I never, ever, ever worked at a job for longer than a year, you know? And that's not because I quit or anything like that. But it was more so like circumstances, like a contract ends or, you know, this is in the third. You know what I mean? So I'm like, dang, maybe it's just like not in my wheelhouse to do this because I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur, you know. So I feel like that's my calling. So it's like when things happen and I feel that frustration it's because I feel like I'm not really within my calling, you know. But I do know that some people have mm-hmm. to have jobs in order to be within their calling you know like say if you're a doctor you're a therapist or you're something like that like you have to have a job in order to do that you know what i'm saying and that's okay because i'm not like anti but you know it's like it's not like a life isn't a one size fits all you know what i'm saying because i know i have the capability mm -hmm. i've been making money on my own since i was a child you know i was selling candy at school and things like that so you know it's sometimes it's like man it's same here this ain't my purpose anyway, you know? I don't even want to, you know what I mean? But you are right, though. I, I do like that you said so, that so for out me- because I do, I do know that, and it actually helped me a lot, is that people often project themselves onto me, and it's up to me to accept that projection or not. And with that being said, you know, I just, you know, got that this year, and I, like, certain things happen, and I'm kind of surprised at how i react you know like i don't let mm-hmm. it affect me because i'm like that's that person's problem they have a mental issue now when you really look at yeah. something from like a bird's eye view it's like first off who are they what do they represent mm-hmm. you know what do mm-hmm. they do how do they look how do they think about how do they think about themselves what do they call themselves how do they talk you know what i mean so for all, me, of that. I all of that except all of that. You know, for me to accept like anything more out of you know these type of people, it's kind of foolish on me. You know, like no, nah, like what, like it's like you know, like what do you expect? You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't even yeah. you shouldn't Thank even you. be thinking that this person would be anything other than what they already project themselves to be. You know what I'm saying? But I'm disappointed. The song it
1: goes like, "People are people." Why should it be you and I should get along so awfully? Because it's like whatever they got going on shouldn't really affect me. Right. I understand that people are gonna people, like they gonna do what they gonna do. Right. I don't have to do what they want me to do because of what they're doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and some people are just human and to expect greatness and like flawlessness out of somebody when you accept your own flaws is kind of foolish. You know, it's like you can't expect people to be flawless if you are not flawless yourself and sometimes right. i gotta think about myself and sort of like bro who do you think you are you did <laughs> you know like i have to do this to myself often like bro you did this you did that da, 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 da. so it's like why wouldn't you know like we all are learning we all are human we all sometimes are stuck in trances that you know it's hard for us to get out of you know what i'm saying and it takes you know like an awakening you know what i mean
1: Elijah Muhammad said the best religion is to treat other people how you want to be treated. That's the best religion. And so when I look at religion, I don't look at the reason why it's a, it's a complicated conversation because I don't look at religion like uh, a faith system. Uh I look at religion as the things that I do every day. I pray, you know, I brush my teeth, you know, I wash my hands. Like that's my religion, the things that I do on a daily basis. So treating other people how I want to be treated, that's a part of my personal religion. You know what I mean? Like I, I look at Islam as a way of life. So like I adapt that way of life because I appreciate what it brings to the table. Like the Nation of Islam is a great organization. I adapt that organization as a as a part of my philosophy because I appreciate everything that that organization, you know, teaches. But yeah. as far as religion, my religion is personal. Like I don't have to talk to you about washing my ass. That's my religion. Like right. You know, yeah, what I mean? it's
0: like you 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 just take some personal characteristics and, and, and you know bringing in your life you know and that's what sure. that's what i do like i grew up in the church uh converted to islam at 16 became a more and you know studied this and studied that and i just took you know all of those aspects and just put it into me and say hey look man it's hard for somebody you know that grew up in the church with that you know for years singing in a choir all of that you know to mm-hmm. be you know anything there like it was a hard learning pattern you know i still i still play gospel on sundays i love how gospel makes me feel you know so it's like Mm -hmm. that's a part of me but i don't eat pork and i don't eat bacon because that's also a part of me too because of what i've learned you know through my father from being in the nation of islam you know what i'm saying so it's like Mm -hmm. i created my personal religion and some people will be like oh well you're this you're not supposed to i'm like i if you could I, i say this i say look if you could find the book of how I'm supposed to live my life and read it to me, I'll listen to anything you have to say. You know what I mean? Like one of the reasons why I do have locks and a beard is because of the Nazarite oath that's in the Bible that, uh, that Samson took with God, you know? So it's like, you know, that's Mm -hmm. where he gets his power and his strength from. And I'm like, it's more so, you know, biblical for me and me wanting to look like my natural self, you know what I'm saying? So yeah yeah i I totally agree with you man because at the end of the day i'm treating people how i want to be treated but i'm also authentically me at the same time because trust me i I went through processing and i have thick hair as you can see so me having to shave every three days was way too much for me bro i couldn't handle it i'm like look man i can't you know what i'm saying because like I had to really get in there, you know, like you see on my. Yeah, I
1: start break. I start breaking out and getting a little bumps and stuff. I can't do it. I yeah. do it as often as I can, you know.
0: Right when exactly. I need to show up and, and be, yeah, I do it.
1: It's not a big deal to me.
0: Exactly, I,
1: I understand the purpose of it. Yeah, I feel like I feel like when when it's time for us to line up, I'm a member of that nation of Islam. Like I'm a soldier. I'm a. I'm willing to put my life on the line for my people. Yeah, and you know, if I'm not lined up, if I'm in the field and I'm I'm grinding, I might get a little bit of you know shadow i might go get a little bit wor- rough in the shadow like it depends yeah. on what i'm doing yeah. i i understand the purpose of that and i i submit you know i'm, I'm yeah. also living my life
0: yeah yeah no I, I, and that's what i do like man is that you know a lot of us tend to like you know take one core value but like, look man you're not this is that and i'm like look you know as long as that person is treating others how they want to be treated And being the best versions of themselves, there's nothing you could really say to that person about what they're doing wrong, you know? And like you said, that is the best religion. But on top of that, I just hope that you're treating yourself with the respect and the love so you can treat others like that. You know, because a lot of times, the way we treat other people, um, it's all about the thoughts we have within ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people just project. You know, if you love, if you're, mm-hmm. if you respect yourself, I could see it. I could feel it. And I know you're going to respect me. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you want, if you come around me mm-hmm. and I could smell you and I'm like a couple steps away. I know you don't respect yourself because there's no way you don't smell that. <laughs> and, you know, like if yeah. I can smell it, you could smell it for sure. So why would I even want to <laughs> deal with a person like that? You know, it's like there's, no, a point, there's, a, there's people you know, that I talk to, they're like, you know, I like dealing with people that are in shape, that work out, because that says a lot about their character. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a universal thing, you know? No, I Very universal. I agree. Yeah. Because it's like somebody might look at your name and be like, oh, your name is Amin Muhammad. How are you going to get a job with that name? But then when you walk in and you're saying, hello, sir, how are you? I'm Amin Muhammad, nice to meet you. And you sit down, they don't give a damn about your name being Amin Muhammad because you're projecting respect and you're projecting energy. Because I see a lot of people in the Nation of Islam able to get these corporate jobs and work with what I, you know, white people and be successful with them. You know what I'm saying? Engage with them on all of that. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though they know that they represent the Nation of Islam, it's clear. You know what I mean? Like they could figure that out. It's
1: it, it's billions of people in the world and it's a whole bunch of people with bias. Like you're gonna yeah. run into people with bias. That ain't that ain't the end all be all. Like you'll right. if, if you run into somebody with a bias, you might not get that job. If you run into somebody that, that had a Muslim in their family, then you might get that job. Like,
0: you know, so I don't really worry about that. Yeah, exactly. But then yeah, but we shouldn't though, because that that stops us from being our, our authentic self, you know. Cause yeah. I would have a I, mean, lot of, I would have I would have people project biases onto me like oh you have tattoos and locks and the beard and da 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 but then when I'm going out in the world I'm like people respect me way more because they know that I'm actually being me you know like they're not gonna mm-hmm. you know like one of my friends he said something very powerful to me he was like if you um if a if a white man comes around you and he's trying to act like he came from where you come from. Won't you be able to tell that it's a that it's not you know <laughs> that it's it's false like it's a lie or whatever? So what do you think that they think when you come around them trying to act like them? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like you like I, I yeah. come from the black community. That's you know I went to school with black people. But, all they, that. but that's actually
1: that's actually their goal. So when they see you doing it, they think it's cute and they appreciate it. They uh-huh. they want us. Matriculate into their society and be perfect mirrors of what they are. They don't care that we that we're faking. They, to them, the faking is like halfway to it.
0: Right. But I notice that it's more respectable when you're just like being really you. Because I say this, man, I'm like, you know, the a, a Jewish white guy will walk around with the yarmulke on his head, and you know, he looks different than anybody but how dare a black man walk around with beards and a dread and dreads and embrace his self. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like a lot of people, you know, I'm just starting to see that a lot of people are more so accepting when you're authentically you, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's like, look, man, we know you're black. We hear your voice. We understand who you are. Just be you. You could be professionally. You could speak clear. You could be professional, you could like know how to words your sentences, you know. what I'm saying all of that, you know. And I, I was watching, I mean, yeah, I
1: don't, I don't,
0: I was watching a documentary right. last night, um, called The Defiant Ones, talking about Dr. Trey and Death Row and all of that, right? And so they were talking about Suge Knight, and Suge Knight was a powerful businessman, but he really wasn't intellectual or could articulate like that, you know. You hear him talk. You can kind of be like, you can kind of hear where it's kind of a little, you know, a little off. He's not going to go in front of a boardroom and be like, well, today we have this special thing and da-da-da. Like, he's not like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can kind of tell he he had a Southern twang to him. You know, he's, you know what I mean? So then I see a picture of him, you know, playing football at Jimmy Iovine's house with the Kennedys. And I'm like, how in the hell did he end up there? You know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of that. I, I look at it way.
1: like I look at it like his level of ability to be violent with his people. His level of ability to be to think that he the way he does is a symptom of white supremacy. Mm. And I, I look at it like the reason why he was able to get into those boardrooms and the reason why he was able to get amongst those types of people is because he believed in white supremacy to that degree. I look at all of the the the, the entertainers who who relish and being in those environments they act they you know they act one way with us and i think they act a whole different way when they're around you know massa. Damn. they respect and understand who massa is mm-hmm. we just don't get to see that side
0: right because if they have a disagreement he's not gonna act the same way he would if it was like easy e when he ran up there with his homies and blah blah, blah. yeah that is true though i don't even think about it like that you always come up with an abstract perspective because it's like if you were running up on us, beating us up, how come you weren't doing that with them? <laughs> you know? Like and, you pick and if, and choose if he was yours. doing
1: that, if he was doing that with them, he would not be as successful. They pick and choose who they want to be in their environments. Right. And they tell each other, they tell each other about us. Oh, that one, yeah, he's smart. He's cool. He's good. He's a good nigga. Like he knows how to handle them and he knows how to be around us. Like he's a good one.
0: They talk hmm. like that. Damn. I didn't even think about it like that. Because <laughs> you do have a point though, because if you oh, will really? bully if you will bully uh, you know, your own people, but then go, oh, it's like you only you pick and choose them when you want to be a gangster. That's a I mean, yeah.
1: If you a gangster all the time, you're not gonna be that successful. You're not gonna be able to have no girlfriend, you're not gonna be able to have no business partners, like you gotta know how to turn that shit off. To to be able to function. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you just, you know, you're a wild card and you can't be helped. You can't be worked with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. But then it's yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's the wrong image that uh that was being projected. It's like, you know, this person's a gangster, but they're not gangster all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they do right. know how to act around certain people. Don't don't get it, don't get a fooled. This is just how they project it onto you, you know.
1: I, I look at it like it's it's wickedly wise. Like I respect it because it's you know it's wisdom, mm-hmm. but it's wickedly wise. You're using your wisdom for something that's you know
0: nefarious. Right, right. And a lot of people fall trap fall trap to that, you know. And that's what um you know, that's something that I was uh, you know, not trying to do because I know I'm a wise person and so I would get jobs where people would see that in me and then try to use that aspect in me to manipulate people for, you know, gain. You know what I'm saying? Like a sales job or something like that. But then it's like, I really don't want to use my talents to do this. You know what I mean? So I had like, it was kind of like a confliction, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I want to make money. I want to be successful, but they try to use your gift of gab or this is that and the third and manipulate that for the nefarious reasons that you just mentioned. You know, like say somebody like, But the job is all a job is
1: like any any, uh, there's usury in everything in life like you're you're not gonna find a situation where it's only benefiting you completely otherwise it's not gonna last that long like there's usury in marriage there's usury in work there's usury and even owning your own business like you have to figure out like you're getting out of it what you're getting out of it more than what they're getting out of it. that's fine let them use me for what they need me for but they're not going to use me and benefit from me more then I'm gonna benefit from them. Like, yeah. I, I, like even it just depends like, on. Yeah, it I mean. also
0: depends on what the benefit is, though. You know, like say Suge Knight, Dr. Dre, they were talented, but you know, Easy E, all of them they were talented, right? But their talents was used in a way to project violence, you know, promiscuity, you know, uh, drug use. Why it wasn't worth all it. of that, and that's why it came crumbling down. Because now, exactly. bro, it's funny. You know what? Let's talk about this because I watched the Defiant ones years ago, like when it first came out, the documentary, right, about Dr. Trey Jimmy Iveen. But now, mm-hmm. uh, and I loved it back then, but now I'm rewatching it and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this guy was, he, he basically gave people an outlet to promote poisonous music onto impressionable minds and try to act like it was okay. You know what I mean? Like now that I'm a grown man and I have like multiple children, you know, more children than I had when I uh, first watched it, I'm like, whoa, I know he had had Marilyn Manson and Death Row. You know, and I remember hearing about Marilyn Manson in the 90s. It was like, that dude was off, off his rocker. Death Row off their rocker. It's like, now that I'm older and I'm listening to this music, I'm like, bro, Snoop Dogg married his high school sweetheart. Dr. Dre married a you know a woman that was a, a, an attorney. But they're telling us bitches ain't shit but holes and tricks. They're telling us fuck <laughs> all these women. They're telling us don't turn a hoe into a housewife. They're telling us, oh, let's smoke chronic. You know what I'm saying? And chill all day. Smoke weed. Smoke weed every day. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, they're in there. They, they're a know bunch know?
1: of actors. Those, yeah, are, those are actors. They ain't, well, they're not gangsters.
0: Come on, man. And it's like the way we were manipulated back then was kind of like, damn, you know, now that I'm I'm grown and I've been around, like I know who real gangsters they're doing are. The, they're doing the same thing to our women.
1: The, oh, yeah. the other problem is the women that are, these these rap women are actually believing the hype and doing the things that they're saying they're doing, but they don't even realize they're being made to think this way. They're being pushed in that direction.
0: Damn. No, that's real, man. I Because it's like a lot of women that want to be artists and that are artists, they're tending to more so sexualize themselves more than any time ever now. You know what I mean? It's like yep. it got so prevalent that like Beyonce started over-sexualizing herself to compete you know what I mean like Beyonce was like kind of conservative now she like I'm like damn did Beyonce get her body done like what happened you know what I mean like it's like but then in order to compete in the realm now you have to be sexualized and it's like sad bro it's like it happened to us and now it's happening to the women you know like I remember back in the day dudes couldn't even rap unless they rapped about killing black men selling drugs or doing devious things it's like well if you want to rap you gotta rap about this what else are you gonna possibly rap about yeah you know what i mean what, i mean
1: what the what consoles me is the realization that this has to happen
0: mm-hmm.
1: in order for us to become 100 dissatisfied with this world and the way things are we have to go as far down into the depths as we can tolerate without losing ourselves like you, it says you can't fathom the depths of Satan, right? What that teaches me is that wherever we are, there can always be worse. Right. We decide that, no, nah, that's as bad as I want it to be, collectively. All of us, but the majority of us, like, enough of us that is a unifying force that can actually make changes until we get there mentally, it's going to continue to get worse. And it's going to be more and more disgusting and deplorable. Like, the, the situation, I can't even talk about that, but like, the way, that, the way that this God and devil battle works is for the hearts and minds, not God fighting against an actual devil. There is no competition for God. It, it's, it's the hearts and minds of the people, right? And the people have to decide that they've had enough of the devil that they want to submit to their nature, the natural way that they should be doing things. That's God. Submitting to God is submitting to yourself. And, and all the things that allow you to live happy and peaceful. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, just on a small level, like, to me, the reason why food is such an important topic, submitting to the way that your body needs to function allows you to live longer. Mm-hmm. Submitting to that, eating whatever the hell you want to, devil. submitting to the devil in his way. right? Doing the things that are going to take you out of here quicker. Hmm. to me that's a microcosm of, of life is the whole thing
0: yeah I will say collectively you know things are starting to change in a in a different kind of way because it's like I feel like the energy is shifting now more than ever because a lot of people aren't accepting you know the sexy reds and people rapping about anything now I feel like now the level of authenticity Wait, has to be because it's, it's like a lot of rappers the most popular rappers in the world now are now the ones that are conscious, and this has never ever happened. So now you, you know. Seriously, but un- you understand, bar, understand, understand
1: oh, yeah. that we're we're understand that we're all in our own individual bubbles. So you communicate with a certain group of people and don't know the people that are them have millions of followers online, making these sexy reds and all these people. You don't know those people,
0: right? You
1: communicate with those people. You know what I mean, like so. They have they have a following because we are we're in a we're you're right about the fact that things are changing right we're in a transitionary period because uh, in the nation of Islam we're taught that the devil's time ended uh, when Master Farah Muhammad came so this world is on his way out for sure mm. it's not gonna go out easily it's gonna go out kicking and screaming it's gonna get so much more deplorable and disgusting there's gonna be so much violence like it's gonna get way worse before the the actual change happens because we have to become dissatisfied. Right now, we're at a point, me and you are probably at a point where we're like 50 to 60% dissatisfied with the way things are. We're not at a point where we're like revolution now. We get to a point where we're like revolution now, we won't accept those things. We'll actively do things to make those things change.
0: And well, when the first, we as a
1: people get to that point...
0: Yeah, the first revolution starts in your mind though. You know, like now... Yeah. I feel like I'm at a point where, you know, like you you remember growing up, you would play a song, you know, like a Snoop Dogg song. You'll be loving it. Then the old head comes around. They're like, ah, man, why are you listening to that? You know, or like, you know, like the, your parents or somebody will be like, oh, like, how could you? Now I'm to a point where it's like certain things irritate my spirit where I can't even, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, nah, I can't. I don't even want to indulge in that. Like, I can't because something is just rejecting it more than ever, you know? But then also going back to what you said about we're all in our bubbles, that is probably one of the most powerful things because now, back in the day, we all had to like certain people if we like music because we couldn't go on the computer and be like, oh, well, let me listen to this or let me listen to that. It's like, look, niggas, y'all got Tupac, Snoop Dogg, that's who y'all listen to. So if you wanted to listen to Mm -hmm. music, that's who you were listening to now I'm like, man, could you have met like one of my favorite artists ever is Jay electronica, right? You, you understand why, but besides that, you know, that, because I don't want to, because that's all, that could be a whole different bias. Besides that, (laughs) you know, I just understand everything that he's saying because I grew up that way. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of a lot of so it's like that's my favorite rapper. Other people will listen to his album and be like, it is pro it is trash because they don't understand it. It goes over like yeah. over their head. Because some people was yeah. like, Man, that J Electronic album was okay, bro. I I swear. When I put on my, I I said, I have to listen to this at the best capacity, right? So I put on my Beast Mm -hmm. by Dre headphone. And when I first heard the overwhelming event, I started jumping around my house in excitement. Like the way his album started was so powerful for me, bro. You know what I'm saying? To all you scared to death, Negroes. Boom, boom, boom. Like I was like, what? You know, like, this is what yeah. I grew up in. This is what I encapsulate. This is what, what made me who I am. So it affected me so much. But I do know. Bro, I feel like I put Jay... that album
1: on. I feel like I could do anything. Like, bro, what? Anything.
0: Bro, I still bro, I hit up Jay Electronic on Instagram. I mean, on, on Twitter. Probably every month. Like, hey, bro, what's up? You doing new music? Just to see if he'll respond. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, <laughs> that album impacted me so much. You know what I mean, yeah. but then because of who we are, because of how we grew up, because our level of understanding, we could enjoy that album, or it'll mm-hmm. go over somebody's heads. But I guarantee you, what is it, two thousand twenty-three? Twenty years ago, we would have never heard him. We no, it's never true. heard that album. give you that. We, he would have been he, an he underground my, rapper.
1: He he helped me change my philosophy on working for other people. Think about like there's this song he talks about in order to in order to become a master, you, you must submit to, to, a master. Yourself
0: to a master. It, yeah.
1: it it wasn't until I started working for for the job that I have now that I started to understand assembly line mentality. Yeah. And so me and my brother we created this company called Dipping Chicken. We did taste and soul. We were selling fried chicken, fried fish, whatever. but like working at Amtrak, the job, like a regular, you know. Working for the government helped me understand how to put things in a specific structure. Helped yeah. me understand how to how to do something over and over and over again. That propelled our business tenfold. Like mm-hmm. if we was doing okay. We didn't we didn't have a system. Now we got a system. People get their food within you know forty seconds or some shit like that. Right. Like it's a it, it it it. We we take an order within four seconds. So right. like we 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 came down with a system that allowed us to move the line. We had a line wrapped around the corner at, at a taste of soul. It allowed us to move the line in such a way that people was like, Oh yeah, I just went over there and got my food. Like you just go over there and you just get your food. So people yeah. was coming to our line because we were one of the fastest people putting up, putting our food.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a line that resonated with me too, bro. Cause people look at my brand and they're like, wow, you're kicking ass. But it's because of my, my profession. I'm a project management professional. So I know how to manage projects and organize, you know what I'm saying? So, a lot of stuff is effortless to me because I just learned processes. You know, I work for, you know, yeah. I work for a corporation where they move by processing, by employing systems in your business and things like that. And so once I learned that, it was like, Oh, I know how to do it. You know, like everything I have is organized, itemized, you know what I'm saying? To the T I'm not just like running it, you know, I'm running it as an actual corporation, but you are right though you do have to learn the steps from somebody in order to be successful you know what i'm saying cuz yeah, if you ever... if,
1: if you go if you go into a job with that mentality of i i need to learn this you'll be successful at that job and you won't feel weighed down by it if you go into it looking at it like i like i need them
0: yeah you'll be lost yeah no seriously cuz the reason why my people are like wow man you just hit the ground running and i'm like no nah, it's not like that it's, it's just because, like, I've been doing things like this for other people. Now I'm doing it for mm-hmm. myself and I'm able to be, like, super efficient with it. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. everything that I'm doing, I help someone else do to a certain capacity. So I'm taking all of that knowledge and, you know, bringing it forth my own. You know what I mean? So, yeah, bro. You need, to
1: make, a, you need to make a class about that. I got, I got a little no, brand not- I need some help with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually going to uh, create a couple courses, man. I have a... Uh, the man called our masterclass i've been holding on to it for like three years and but i'm gonna develop courses for people to take you know and help them out with marketing mm-hmm. and things like that so that that definitely is coming soon that should that should be within the next couple of weeks man my journal actually just got finished so i have a manifesting journal that i created called frontline mastery you know so people could you know itemize their goals and stuff like that so yeah man i've you know it's 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 coming but I just like, I'm step-by-step, you know, just finished my book. Then I got another book I'm going to write called No More Pain, where we're talking about the like traumatic experiences and pain that African-Americans have to deal with in society. And I'm really going to like harp in like that on that, because now I watched uh, Tupac's documentary, Dear Mama, and it impacted me like on another level because I start to see the humanity in tupac you know tupac you know he he died when i was 10 mm. so he was damn near like a mythical figure to me you know what i'm saying and i it was like a lot that i didn't understand but yeah. now, as a grown man and them like showing the vulnerable side of him i was just like damn man like this is something that we all go through like we all have to walk through life dealing with this pain and we have no outlet you know what I'm saying? Like, we have no idea yeah. how to cope with it or anything like that. You know? Like I have a friend, like his mom was on drugs. Uh, to me, and... that's part. Of... Go ahead. Oh, I was saying no, uh, I was say, saying, saying the uh... reason
1: why I, I, I...
0: oh my bad. But yeah, I was saying that his mom was on... lag, but uh his mom was on drugs. And, you know, he had to deal with that pain. And then it just reminded me of all of my friends that I'm close with whose parents were on drugs as well and how they had to deal with it by, you know, and, you know, doing certain things. You know what I'm saying? So, but then on top of that, a lot of these people have to walk around in life just masking all of this pain that they went through or the pain that yeah. was passed down through generations. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, my mom often says, People are a victim of a victim, but then that victim could create another victim and another victim. And I'm like, well, shit, somebody has to take accountability in order for it to stop. And who's gonna do that? You know what I mean? So I mean, it takes
1: it takes that catalyst. You got it takes the wisdom of of understanding that you're a victim because of these circumstances. Right. As long as you you know don't understand that you're gonna perpetuate it.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: But I what i was going what I'm gonna say is that's part of the reason why I created um, this rights of passage program. is like I, I recognize the need for children, black children in the hood, to leave the hood and to get out of their comfort zone because their comfort zone is a, is a series of traumas. And, and and you know, go out to the wilderness and, and be in an environment where you don't got no city lights, you don't got no loud helicopters, you don't got no you know rap music going down the street, you don't got cars doing donuts, or, like just be in an environment where it's total silence where you can actually think. Yeah. So we go out there for like two or three days. We do make a little bit of noise. We shoot guns because that's fun. There ain't nobody out there to tell us no. But, you know, we go out there and we just relax. We camp. We have conversations. We go hiking. Like, to me, I think that that's one of the most therapeutic things I do. That's one of the most, you know, important things I do. I feel like if, if we can get, you know, all of the kids from the hood to leave the hood and, and get out into the, the wilderness and get back into nature, I think that's a, a, a start to that healing journey of, Getting out of that mentality and getting away
0: from it. Honestly, bro, I would love to help you with that. Seriously. And bring, you know, my crowd of people onto that because I feel like that is something that we need, bro. When I lived in the hood, it was absolutely insane going to sleep, hearing sirens every single night. And it only happens in the hood. Other areas, bro, they cut the they cut the sirens off and they drive. I'm like, how yeah. could people, how could we? Get a deep sleep. When we're here inside, like you're gonna be stressed out. You're something that's interrupting Bro, your sleep
1: I, all the when time. When I went to college, it took me almost two, three weeks before I could get used to sleeping in quiet because I was so used to it's either the helicopters, it's you know loud Mexican music or even black music from from the hood, hood parties and shit. Like it's it's some kind of stimuli that's never ending when you look right. in the hood. It's always something. Somebody fighting next door, it's always something.
0: Mm-hmm. When I went
1: to Atlanta University and I'm sleeping in this dorm and the lights go off at 10 and it's quiet, I had never experienced that. Mm-hmm. I'm 17 years old and it's quiet. I'm sitting there like, I don't know how to feel. I didn't know if I should be scared. Like It's just too quiet. Like, right
0: no I, know, I I know what you're saying I man I remember when I took uh, some ATVs in uh you know S- uh, San Diego and it was so quiet that it's like my ears didn't know how to handle it you know cuz I feel like we get yeah. we get used to cert- a certain level of noise but when you're out there there's like no noise you don't even hear wind you know what I mean like yeah. if you walk if you walk you can hear your footsteps like <laughs> like it's like damn you know what I'm saying like, it's, it's crazy, yeah. man. So, yeah, bro, I would definitely love to help you with that. I would love to be down. You know, please keep me in mind. You know, I got, you know, I know how we to, try shoot. to do one.
1: We're trying to do the next one in March.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's let's get it started, man. Promotions, marketing. You know, we need flyers. You know, I can make the flyers, all of that, uh-huh. man. So, yeah, let's definitely, you know, get I, that going. I
1: don't know if I want to, I, I want to. I don't know if I want to scale it yet. Uh, to me, I'm still enjoying it being intimate setting. You know, less than twenty people. We just out there, just doing our thing, and nobody bothering us. You know, it could be less. It could be less than. It could be
0: however many people you want. But we just trying to get the right people yeah. in here. You know, I feel you. You know, That's it don't. It don't have point. to be. It don't have to be no three hundred. I wouldn't want to do that. But then it's like, yeah, you, should, right. you know, twenty. That's like okay, you'll be on the waiting list for the next one. And you enter, but then I feel like entered- I, I, I got about
1: I got about 20 now for March. I got about 20. So like you know oh, wow. you can bring, wow. you come, you can bring some of your people, like, yeah, we can do that. That's not a problem. Right. Like, okay. And then we'll set up the next one and then we'll we'll start getting ready for more people or something like
0: that. Oh yeah, yeah. When I say flyer, I mean just to send to, you know, your close circle. You know what I'm saying? They don't specific have specific people. Be, people. Yeah, yeah, you know, I they don't them. have to be uh marketing on Instagram or nothing like that. Yeah, so okay, brother. So man, where could uh people find you if they want information on you? You know, anything like that. Yeah, I'm, on,
1: I'm on I'm on every social media, Chef Amin. Like you can find me everywhere. I'm, Is it chef
0: underscore I mean or or what?
1: If you type in Chef Amin Junior, you're gonna more most likely find me. Ain't nobody got that weird ass name.
0: <laughs> okay, I got you. I got you. All right, man. So yeah, Chef Amin. Um on instagram he's also on tiktok um yeah brother posts every single day you know very active very active in getting the words out so yeah man again bro this has been a this has been an amazing conversation man like you know as always you know i feel like i like talking to you because you have like an abstract perspective so and i like talking to people that could you know, that could kind of like play devil's advocate with me and bring like a whole new perspective. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like we do that with each, we do that with each other, but we also respect each other's opinions and the way we think, you know, because we're two different individuals. We know that, you know, what's for you is for you. What's for me is for me. You know what I'm saying? And I, I like conversations like that, bro. Like this has been powerful.
1: No, bro. I agree. Our unity is more, more powerful than an atomic bomb.
0: Hello. I think oh, it's hell.
1: necessary that we be able to we be able to find friends in all walks of life and communicate and do what we need to do to make this world a better place.
0: Yep. And to set people for who they are, know that people are gonna be different. You know what I mean? It just it just is what it is. That's, that's <laughs> there's right. not there's not oh, right there, there's really no right or wrong way. It's really just the truth and however you want to live and treat people how you would want to be treated.
1: There there's a story in the nation of Islam, and I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it end after that. But like There's a story in the Nation of Islam that was really impactful for me. It talks about this scientist who wanted all of us to speak the same language and got so frustrated that we didn't speak the same language that he tried to blow the planet up and ended up creating the moon. And to me, that was just like, it was eye-opening. It helped me understand that people are supposed to be different, but we're supposed to find peace and unity and make the world a better place with our unique differences. Like That's Mm -hmm. the superpower, the things that make us an individual. I read this book called Conversations with God and it talks about how we are all God having a human experience. Mm-hmm. We are God living a physical life. So all of us together make up this entity of God because God is everything and God is all of the nothing too. Right. And we're just him having this type of
0: experience. Right. Yeah. I can believe and that. We, we're
1: supposed to be individuals. We're supposed yeah. to see it from different perspectives.
0: Yep. Yep. And I feel like now with social media, people are being more accepting of that because we're exposed to a lot more. And it's like there's no reason for you to be ignorant. You know, like say if you yeah. live in if you live in a hood, you can go on your computer and see what it's like to live in Malibu, you know, by clicking some buttons. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of us, we have shut out perspectives because we were only exposed to our inner circle, our inner being, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the beauty of social media. It's got its good side and its downside, but that's the beautiful part of it. I
0: agree. Right, it's all how you use it, all how you. So, okay, again, man, brother, thank you, man. I'll be catching up with you soon. Planning on doing the rites of passage with you in March.
1: Let's get it done, bro.
0: All right, bro. Peace. Peace.